0: We're up to episode 35 of Behind the Mic. Mike Antonella, C.J. Chatham, Pawtucket Red Sox infielder will join me. He's on Boston's 40-man roster, which he was added in the offseason. I was with him last year in Portland. He led the league in hitting, but get a chance to know him off the field. He's a terrific guy. He's worked hard, and he's chomping at the bit to get going. We will have that in just a minute. I hope everybody is staying sane. I know we're in tough times right now, but I use this time wisely. Start a podcast. It's very easy to do. As you heard at the beginning, go to Anchor FM. Why not? And you can get paid to do this. It's it's like I said in the ad. It's easy. Try it out. All of you have something deep down inside you that you can add. So um, I, w- I want to hear your podcast. And let me know. Send me an email, antonellis.michael at gmail.com. Let me know if you started a podcast, and I'll promote it for you. I promise. Find me on all the social media channels. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter would love your feedback would love those five stars by the way, too, on itunes that 's what we are now we 're in clicks and and stars and all of that there's we got followers clicks, stars uh, all this stuff nowadays. so a fun week. I really enjoyed the Michael Jordan documentary, and uh, I promise i 'll get the c j Chatham in a minute. You could always fast forward and skip over this part, but hear me out on this we are very sensitive nowadays in in what players say. And I've always told a lot of younger people, I don't think they would like Michael Jordan if he played now. Some of the things he said, and I love it, the confidence. But if you watch that documentary, some of the things he says in that, and I write these things down. His rookie year, he, he was asked, how is he adjusting to the NBA? And he said, it's easy. Can you imagine if a player said that now? The fact he admitted that, I didn't win championships until I got help. And we criticize players now for wanting to form super teams. And the proof is in the pudding. Michael Jordan is the best NBA player I've ever seen, but you can't do it yourself. And many great NBA champions all had a supporting cast. Seems like nowadays, though, we we start to think that a player is not a true champion unless he does it himself. But no, you can't, especially in basketball. And Scottie Pippen is huge in this documentary, and I think it's terrific, and uh, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, enjoying um, the Players League and the MLB, the show, I think it's terrific. I love watching them play and and uh, the entertainment value on that. All right, enough of me. Here is Red Sox prospect C.J. Chatham. C.J., how are you filling your time right now? Um, just, you know, uh, call of duty and... Uh... <laughs> And you
1: know, playing with you know teammates and stuff, and then uh, just working out. I mean, there's really it's really all it's 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 hard to like, see, you know you obviously can't see live pitching and, and whatnot, but uh, but besides that, um, you know, trying to hit, you know hitting off the tee, throwing, mm-hmm. but you know, not much to do really. Trying to eat healthy, you know.
0: Yeah. So you're almost back in kind of like an off-season mode, right?
1: Yeah. Um, basically, you know, off-season mode. Uh, you know, without really hanging out with friends, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a good time.
0: Yeah. It must be weird. I mean, it's weird. You guys, you get going and then you go home. So it, it's, it's strange, but I, I think like mentally this is going to, it's going to help some of you, I think, because this is something you'll probably never go through again.
1: Yeah. You know, hopefully not. Um, you know, for me, I was, you know, working on some Seven spring training, uh, you know, didn't have the best string training, but uh, that, you know, kind of just kind of the refresh button, and it's, it's good, you know, and I saw some quote, I think, like, Gordon Hayward or someone said, I think he said, like, you know, it's good for a lot of even the NBA players' bodies, you know, and same thing here. I mean, string training is definitely a It's not It's not easy, hmm. and uh, it's fun, but, you know, it's, it's you kind of, especially in the role that I was in where, you know, you're, you're playing a lot early on, kind of wearing tear in the body you know i remember last my first big league spring training last year after i was done i was uh, my body was <laughs> i felt like it was like the all-star break i was yeah. like oh my goodness <laughs> but uh you know this this one was better on me and you know i was ready for it but you know that's kind of more at.
0: yeah no that's interesting because i've seen guys play just from uh you know the evolution of, te- of television we get to watch a lot of the spring training games and like there's been years where some of the double a guys they're playing every day so that's probably prep yeah. for the 162 but it's something you, you're not used to doing
1: yeah you know it's like you know they want to get you your bats they want to see you and uh but it's also still time to work on stuff you know like i mean it's in the off season you can work on you know as much as you want but at the end of the day like you got to see live fishing and that that comes when you get spring training and and there's really not a lot especially in big league camp there's not a lot of time to you get like what two weeks a week and maybe a week hmm. and then you can you, uh, get in the game so you know you got that's when you start to see like what you're working on and if it's working what you're feeling you know you're kind of feeling it out so
0: I, I know you can't simulate Fenway Park in, in major league environment but playing in some of those games I, I mean I go down there I mean, There, there is kind of a, a mini major league feel to it right I mean the fans are there to the end were you able to kind of feed off any of the energy just from playing in those exhibition games?
1: Oh yeah, you know, especially last year, first time being there, you know, I, I hadn't even backed up any games the year prior, uh, coming off the injury and stuff. But uh, it was like starting against the Yankees at short, like, and I had never played in, in front of that many people really. So um, that was that was crazy. But uh, but besides that, yeah, no, it's just, um. It's it's unbelievable, you know. JetBlue Park, sick.
0: So. Yeah, and I imagine you guys, uh, the young guys, are sponges for the the older guys. Have to be. I know that they're great to younger players. I've seen that over the years. So that has to really be nice. Almost uh, kind of off the field uh, as a student, learning from those older guys.
1: Oh, for sure, and we have such a great group of guys that it's 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 not hard at all. You know, they they're open to you know any questions you have. Like there, it's like you know they they become your friends like immediately. So that's one thing I realized with the Red Sox is they're you know a bunch of good dudes.
0: Yeah. Well, congrats uh, on the forty man roster too. I know you had a pretty good off season playing. You had some off season baseball you were doing, and then the forty man thing. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, that's good stuff. Tell tell me about what you where you were playing in the off season the, the United States national baseball team.
1: Yeah, so um, first first I had the fall league, and then yeah. at the end at the end of it, I went over to uh, the Royals complex in Arizona. Played for about a week, you know, got ready because a lot of those guys, you know, weren't in the fall league, so they were they had to get ready, get going again. So got going, uh, went over to Mexico for ten days. Uh, it was it was awesome. Uh, they had us a nice hotel and all that stuff, and got to play in front of you know decent decent crowd there. But you know nothing really compares to, to Tokyo. That was that was sick.
0: Yeah, it's uh, the you know the off season leagues now for you guys are, are amazing. You can play in so many different continents, coming I mean, countries, and in this league, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity.
1: Yeah, that, that's what. Um, because it's it's weird because it, coming off the injury. I know that the Red Sox two years ago and last off season were kind of like, hey, just you know, get your body healthy, you know, be ready for spring training. And this past one, you know, they warned me they're like, hey, like, you got a lot of baseball coming, like, you know, just you know, make you know, get through it, you know, and, you know make sure your body's in the right position to succeed. And it was a lot, you know, like, it was just like I, nonstop. And my off season was really uh, like only a month and a half, so it's crazy all the opportunities.
0: Yeah. You know, I know you've had injuries, but um, you've gotten through them, right? I mean, that's that's number one. I mean, I, I have to imagine that. I know for the Tommy John guys, they say the mental part of it is the toughest because you you're just you're away too, right? Isn't that the hardest part?
1: Yeah. Um. Early on, well, early on, I was in uh, for the for the the whole entire 17 season. I was in Fort Myers rehabbing. And yeah, especially for me, because it wasn't like Tommy John, where there's like a set date of when you're going to come back. Mm. Um, it's like I'd ramp it up seven weeks, six weeks, come back, wasn't ready. You know, I'd do it again, wasn't ready. And finally, I just shut it down for the season. So that was that was a little mentally training, But, uh, you know, I got through it and hit the ground run.
0: You had a great year last year in Portland, I mean, for an Eastern League and double and A overall didn't have a great average. I mean, I, I think it was historic lows across the board. But your average, I, I, I tell people all the time, for what you hit last year is almost like hitting 340, considering what the league hit was in in the 220s.
1: Yeah, no, it was, a, it was definitely a you know with the weather in the beginning, but but um, you know I got 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 some cheap hits early. You know you need those, and um, once it got warmer, you know I started going off. So. I, I definitely the pitching was good i mean every time I, everywhere i or every team he faced um, it was top 10 prospects all starters you know it's yeah. uh, it was no joke and uh you know just I, I, I just try to stay focused and I take every day one day at a time
0: I heard you talk about this on uh, the Pawtucket did a, a little thing a few weeks ago with you your approach you've told me about it as well but I want you to explain what your approach is to the play, because I think it's very interesting, and, and I like hearing you talk about it.
1: Yeah, um, basically, it's from picture to picture, and whatever, like, honestly, I'm, I'm huge on how, whenever whenever I wake up, I, I kind of, I get a feel for what, how I, you know, my body, Um, once I get to the field, I'm like, all right, well, you know, if my legs hurt that day, you know, I'm like... Yeah, I got some work on today. Just however many pitches or whatever, staying in my legs. You know, it's 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 one every day. I take one thing, and that's all I work on that day. I don't I don't try and like, and I get in trouble when I try and fix too many things at once. But yeah, like with, with my approach, it's whatever I'm feeling uh, off that pitcher. Like, say if he likes his changeup a lot, I'm like, well, I I, I know. Usually, I get you get in trouble when you don't know what's you know you. you you don't know what's coming, like, and there's so many pitches he has. Usually if he has two pitches, it's easier because you can kind of choose to sit on one or whatever. But if he has a bunch of pitches, I'm like, all right, well, which one is the one that I'm, you know, trying to hit? And then there's some guys where they throw all strikes. Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of the lefties from uh, Reading last year threw a bunch of strikes. So it's like, hey, I'm, they're going to throw strikes, so I'm, I'm swinging from the first pitch until, because I, I don't you know, usually take a lot of it. If it's a strike. Cause they're going to throw them like, I'm going to hit it. Like, I'm not just going to sit here and take them and then wait for the good one. Because the reason they're here is because they throw a lot of strikes, but they're not always, they're not really hittable. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're. but I'm like, why am I going to wait if this guy has great control? So against guys like that, I like this one really, early. you know, I, I see that, especially if they're lefty, I see it better. But with righties, usually it's like, yeah, like sometimes like I, I have, if they have a really good slider, like I got to sit on it and just foul the fastball off and try to just fire my hands late um, and you know, just live live on to see the next one. But and then obviously after five pitches, if I keep fouling them off, I start my timing. I start getting more used to used to it, and then can put it in place somewhere. But yeah, there's certain guys. You know, with with the with the, the, the level of stuff these days, it's you gotta. If they, if they're throwing. If they throw a strike, like you well, know, my thing is, I'm, I'm gonna hit it.
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because it, it's a numbers game. We know that. But there's a chart that I've seen for years that say if a pitcher's 0-1, the batting average is, is under 200. So why would you ever want to be 0-1 or, or 1-2, right? Yeah, that's it's, it's crazy for me because sure, there's times
1: where I go up and I'm like, I'm going to take one, you know, take take I get a strike, and it's like 2-0. Well. And then in like, my mind, it's like I was trying to do a little too much. So, it's, so for me, it's always been like, hey, you know what? And I like to swing early because I get a feel for my swing, especially early in the game. I like to, you know, you see some guys, like, they go take, take. They haven't swung the bat till the fourth pitch. And then they see that next one good, and they try and swing at it, and they and you swing and miss. And that can happen to me on the first pitch. And then I'm like, okay, well, what did I just do? And then I'm like, all right, well, I was under it. But at least I have a feel after the first pitch instead of the, the strike three yeah. of what my swing is doing. So that's another a huge reason, you know, I like to – to try and get some swings off early in the count and uh, and make adjustments from there.
0: Would would you say the upper levels it's it's really guys commanding. I mean that's why they get to the move up, right? The pitchers it might not be they're all throwing 96, but they can command 91, 92 better than guys in A ball.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, early on I was I actually struggled in like you near know, GCL or whatever we have it just because they were they're were pretty erratic and they're throwing hard, but the thing is like they can't really look at off speed to where once you start to become a better hitter, you're like, all right, well if they throw a curveball I'm just not gonna swing. Like that's probably not gonna be a strike. And then you're like, all right, it's two o and you get better counts against guys like that but in triple A, double A You know, they're gonna they're gonna throw you that down the way change up first pitch and you gotta make a decision, you know, and like that's how I look at it. I'm like a lot of guys try and get ahead down the way. Like that's just like a main thing. And I'm like, okay, well why am I just gonna get if I know he's gonna probably do that, like, I'm gonna hit it.
0: Yeah, I find it fascinating, too. So for for you and Bobby last year, I mean, you go up to AAA, so it's a higher level, but you're in a lineup with better players. So that can be beneficial to you, right?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, one thing is, you know, when, when you have a good lineup, you uh, you put so much more pressure on the pitcher, and, and they make so so many more mistakes as opposed to if you, if you don't. Um, they're just going to make a pitcher around you and, and you know, and that you know, you start to get into some bad habits. You know, you, but being in a good lineup, there's never. I mean, the Red Sox have been doing it for yeah three three years now. I mean, I'm sure they're top of the league in hitting stats for yeah. sure. And it's mainly due to a lot of a lot of it is due to that. Like you know,
0: you know, you strike me as someone that doesn't worry about. I know you are a shortstop, and we and we know that Bogarts is in the big leagues. But I re, I was telling this to somebody the other day that you know. Chavis, Devers, and Dahlbeck, no one thought the three of them could play on the same field, and then they're playing, you know, it could happen, so you don't strike me as someone that worries about that, because if if it's not short, or it's second, or it's somewhere else, you'll just play wherever, I mean, right? To be in the big leagues, to be on that plane, you won't care. Oh,
1: yeah, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, honestly, I just want to make sure I put myself in the best situation, and I don't take, you know, life's too short to Yeah, to you know, complain and and do it. I'm just like, hey, if I put myself in a position to succeed, that's all I can ask for. So I don't, you know, none none of that matters to me. I'm just like, hey, whatever happens, happens.
0: And I, I think it's nice nowadays. It seems like that guys are getting moved quicker, even in the minors, where they're playing other positions. Where I felt like almost 10 years ago, someone would be blocked, and it it was almost like you would just deal with it. So I think the opportunity now is is a lot better for you guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, there, for me, it's short and second right now. I mean, I I was a left fielder in, uh in summer ball in high school, and that's and I was, you know, not to be like, that, I was pretty good at it. Like, I, left field might have been my best position, you know, at the time hmm. or in the outfield anywhere. I, f- I feel like I could really center. It doesn't matter to I me. Mean, I I really do feel like I'm, I could be a really good outfielder too. That's cool. Um, I just haven't done it in forever, so I mean, I can't really confirm it, but. <laughs>
0: Hey, you had an yeah. interesting high school you went to, right? American Heritage. There's some pretty good yeah. pretty good alum there.
1: Yeah, you know, he had a, you know, Marrero, uh, Hosmer, there's, there's some Castellanos even was there for a little bit with yeah. Hosmer. That, that team was nasty, but uh, yeah, a lot of tradition there.
0: And Sony Michelle, right?
1: <laughs> Sony was in my class, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and and I I looked this up today. You guys were called the Patriots. How weird is that?
1: Yeah, right. I mean, I was, I was like, I was thrilled when Sony, you know, went to the Patriots. I was like, wow, because you don't usually see them draft running backs, especially in the first round. So yeah. that was, that was, and he, and, and I think it's like that's the one I kind of confirmed in my head about you know Belichick, you know, being he likes character guys because I, I knew Sony and nothing but great things about him. Like he, you know, was humble. Like he was great in high school. I actually used to throw to him and set because he was working on his hands. And I would throw out, because I, I almost was a quarterback in high school, and I would throw to him during our off period.
0: That's cool. I, yeah. yeah. I, I like something you have on your Twitter, how you talk about your um, – you have your seventh grade most improved men's soccer, sixth grade <laughs> – I like that. That's cool.
1: Yeah, yeah I just trying to keep it light.
0: Yeah. Do you, do you think about those days? I mean, that that's when, when it's it's fun, right? It's just playing –
1: yeah, exactly. I'm not, you know, I'm not. I'm not out here trying to be like, oh, you know, I'm, I was a stud in middle school. It's just kind of, you know, keeping a light, making a joke. You know, people like it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> think it's I like it. So. Yeah, no, I think it's cool. Hey, uh, you know, this, this video game I have it MLB the Show. I'm not great at it, but it's, I can't believe how realistic it is. And the fact it's got all you guys in it, um, and the, how many people are playing it, it, it's, it's unbelievable.
1: It is crazy. Um, I've I've honestly never been a huge uh, MLB the Show guy, but. Um, I I did get it. I've, I've played it a little bit, and it's it's crazy where they where they've come. And and, you, and we were saying the same thing five, six year five six years ago, you know, and then it's like you look back at those ones, and you're like, oh my god, like yeah. this is way way better than that. And I thought that was really good. So it's it's come a long way.
0: There, there's no way that that can help uh, hand eye coordination playing that right. Like that can't simulate anything, can it?
1: No, not not that game. No. Um, you know the ones that they do have us doing. You know you've probably seen it the neuroscouting. Yeah. that's a little better because it's more like it's faster and but those you know they have to give kids a chance
0: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> if it was like real life it'd be it'd be not not as fun
0: <laughs> now i i've you know Ed, eddie rodriguez and, and xander they're on the call of duty which you're on too and that's that's just exploded
1: yeah you know i'm, I'm thinking about making a twitch and, and streaming just because yeah i'm not I'm, I'm i'm pretty good i'm not great but uh, yeah i'm thinking about doing it and uh you know, just to, just to have some
0: fun. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think you're doing some great things with Pawtucket too. I know they've asked you to do some stuff and uh, you, I, I saw you, I, I didn't even ask you about this last year, but you've been in New England cause you played on the Cape and that's, I've never been to a game there. And I know that experience in Cape Cod is amazing.
1: Oh, in the Cape. Yeah. No, it's, and you know, it's high school fields and whatnot, but I mean, from the Northwoods to that it was day and night. I, I, I love the Cape. I mean, you get two days off a week, you know, because it's summer for kids in college. You know, you're still, you know, you want to have some fun. And I think they, they, they pretty much have it down to a science there. I, I loved it. And then I got to play through that workout in Boston, which was awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's – it's amazing. It a terrible workout. What, at Fenway?
1: Oh, yeah. Like, I, I remember leaving that day. And I was like, all right, well, I know one team that's not going to draft me.
0: So they brought you in from the Cape League? Is that how that worked? Or
1: No, so – Basically, um, my area scout when I got drafted, he told me he was like, "Oh, like you know, I, my our cross checker, Mike. He, he gives he gives me. I tell him the names that I need. I want him to see, and he's like, all right, well, I can't be everywhere around the country at once. So, give me a couple games that you think I should see them play.' For me, he said it was like three games, and um, and that's how. And he said that Mike came for those three, and and I did well. So that's the kind of what. Got him on, but the Cape thing was—I don't even know if they remember that I was there. <laughs> yeah. But I, I remember just having a terrible batting practice, and I was like, "Oh man,
0: that's a hard league, isn't
1: it?" The Cape League, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah it's tough. It definitely is. Um, I in the beginning because it's more—it's like it's like the SEC to me. You know, it's like mm. you're going to see a lot of guys in the lone, And the thing is, my conference, a lot of the righties were 91, ninety-one, ninety-two. Or eighty eight to ninety two, and in the Cape, every ride is pretty much 92. 94. You know, you're so you're seeing more consistent Pelo, which to me, what you get used to, whatever you're seeing. So I, I made the the adjustment uh, a little like halfway through, probably just because I was I've never I was not used to it.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, I I hope great. we have baseball in two thousand twenty. Whether it be just the major leagues, who knows what the minor leagues are going to do? But I'm sure you're chomping at the bit to get going.
1: Oh, my gosh, yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be, it's going to be a, I mean, it, everybody likes something a little different. It has been different, and whatever they end up doing, I'm sure that they'll they'll take their right precautions and stuff, and it'll be fun, but I can't wait to climb.
0: Well, I learned a lot there. I, I love talking the nuts and bolts of baseball with players, and I, I think as a broadcaster, I think that's important to do. And it's always been my thing. I'm, I've always said I'm a baseball guy broadcasting baseball if that makes any sense I mean I love the game first then the radio second and I've always wanted to learn more and the players are terrific teachers and I think for if you're a young broadcaster starting out in any sport talk to these guys and learn and I love learning I hear things all the time and it's geez you know I'm 46 years old and I, I don't profess at all to know everything. I mean, I, I think I know, I'm going to say 5%. I, I still am 95% away from knowing everything about this game, maybe not even 5%, and talking to players and coaches about just little things. And C.J. breaking down his routine is, is just, to me, that was, I was just uh, drawn to that so much. I love listening to that. If you're a young baseball player, that's his routine. And everything is different, and I thought that was great. Great episode, 35, and we're sticking with a lot of the baseball. And if you're a Sox fan, thanks for joining the Behind the Mic. I've, I've been added to their front office staff this year as one of their broadcasters, and thank you for tuning in. And make sure to follow me on Behind the Mic on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Send a message, direct message, and as always, peace and love.